Hello, and welcome to the Conscious Hoof Bee podcast. This is a podcast that explores the interconnectedness of our health and the health of our horses through self-care, mindfulness, and personal development, along with a little equine wisdom and wellness. I am your host, Dr. Pamela Maynard, and I am a published author and researcher, equine body worker, energy facilitator, and I am passionate about deepening our connection with horses. If you want a more meaningful relationship with your horse, it starts within yourself. So don't forget to go to ConsciousHoofBeat.com and sign up for our exclusive email list to get the Conscious Hoofbeat Monthly and start your journey today. So this week, I am kicking off the first episode in another series of podcasts I am doing called Woo Woo Horse Care, and I am honored to have Dr. Heike Young with us today in this first conversation where we are going to look at disease a little differently through the lens of homeopathic medicine. Dr. Young combines her 25 years of veterinary training with her skills in behavior and problem solving to design a program of healing through understanding, building trust, improving communication, and turning your frustrations into fascinations. Dr. Young graduated from Mississippi State College of Veterinary Medicine back in 1994. And along her journey of being a vet, she's discovered that something was missing. She was seeking balance with nature and a healing from within. She wanted to cure the disease, not just suppress, suppress its symptoms. She wanted to look at the whole animal, not just the symptoms associated with different body parts. And as a result, she became certified in animal chiropractic by the American Veterinary Chiropractic Association. And she has studied homeopathy under Dr. Glenn Dupree and the British Institute of Homeopathy. And this is when she became passionate about horses again. And now she works closely with other holistic vets who want to reestablish balance and harmony in their horse and pet's lives. And with her knowledge of allopathic veterinary medicine and education in holistic medicine, including animal chiropractic, homeopathy, and Reiki, as well as understanding of horse psychology, she is able to help you find optimal health for your four-legged partner. So welcome, Dr. Young. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much, Pamela. Did I leave anything out? Did I, I forget anything? So. <laughs> <laughs> I think that covers it all. Awesome. But it's always a journey, right? And there's always new things coming up on the journey. So, yes. It is. It is always a An journey. Evolution. And I, I just have to share um, that right before our call, I had a kitty, my cat with it, that has IBD decided to projectile vomit all over. So I quickly grabbed my homeopathic for digestive upsets and he is a much happy camper now. So I'm like, no coincidence that he did that right before our call. He, likes, he likes his homeopathic. So anyhow. Yeah, isn't that, isn't that great? So you got homeopathic into your cats. How many cat owners can say that they were able to quote unquote pill their cat? successfully well these are actually liquid drops 
So right, they work exactly. they work really well. Yes. Yeah. So that's one of the magical things about homeopathy. You don't have to shove a pill down a cat. Right. Mm-hmm. And this this cat with inflammatory bowel disease, you can't give him stuff because it flares up his IBD. So yeah, homeopathics exactly. have been a lifesaver for him. They really, really have. Um, I have to share with my listeners that this, this first came about because uh, Dr. Young was actually helping me um, with one of my horses who I've had for several years now. And I've just always felt like there was a missing link with her. And I, I do a lot. I do the energy work. I do the supplements. I muscle test. I, I've done a lot for her. And I just knew there was something missing. And so um, I had a session with Dr. Young. She's helped us find a homeopathic for this mare. And I'm, I'm starting to see a shift and I'm very grateful and happy. But amongst that, that consult, you said something to me that really stood out. And this is what I really want to focus this podcast on today. And you said it's about looking at disease differently. And I really, I'm like, huh, I don't think we stop to think about that. So I want to start from the beginning. Like, what did you originally learn about disease in veterinary school? Right. So, so let's back up a little bit more. So before vet school, when I was just a little girl um, and I was picking up all of these um, stray animals and was trying to quote unquote heal anything that was sick. Um, I had this idea that I wanted to be a vet because in my mind, a vet heals sick animals, right? And mm-hmm. come into the clinic, you heal them, they go back out and they're happy for the rest of their life. So, so um, then going into vet school, um, you learn about uh, the normal, right? The normal anatomy, the, no- the normal physiology, what is a, a normal in an animal. And then you learn the pathology, um, what's abnormal, what, what are the disease states. And the diseases all have a name, right? So you, you learn about the arthritis and the laminitis and the gastritis and the, the, all the itises. All the itises. <laughs> <laughs> and then you continue through vet school and you learn how to, um, how, how to help, how to prescribe, how to treat those diseases. And so you give an anti-inflammatory for all the itises, right? You give an antihistamine for um, allergies. Um, you, you basically do the opposite of what the disease is because you want to get rid of the, um, the clinical signs that you see in the animal. You want to get rid of the distress. So you see the animal is in distress and you want to just get rid of that. Like, oh my gosh, my animal is suffering is uncomfortable is in distress i just want to give something that will take that away as quickly as possible and that's where the pharmacology comes in um so you do that um for years and then all of a sudden and i think it happens to a lot of vets after about the first four or five years something either works and they just keep carrying on the way they have been 
or something doesn't work and it's like, wow, is, is this it? Um, and then you realize that, hmm, I keep seeing that same animal for the same problems over and over. And I keep giving the same medication. Oh, and it's okay for it, but somehow the same disease or a different disease comes back and the animal sees you a lot. Um, and for me, it was like, wait, that just doesn't seem right. And somewhere along the line, I don't remember if it was a book or um, a TV show, but um, somewhere along the line, I heard about um, how they treated patients, how doctors treated patients in the Eastern philosophy, like way, way back. Um, the most successful doctors, the ones that were paid the most, were those that only saw their patients once and they never mm. came back. Hmm. So I'm like, wow, that's so different. That's so cool. That's what I thought I was going to be doing. And yet doctors are more profitable. They, they um, you know, make more money the more they see their patients. So I think that's the first time when I thought, hmm, what I'm doing isn't quite aligned with my philosophy. So when you, when, you, when you hear something like that, that's just kind of eye-opening and mind-opening, um, and you have a different awareness all of a sudden because of something that you hear, then the universe just brings things into your life, right? That continues to take you down that path. Mm -hmm. So um, that's where chiropractic came in and then eventually homeopathy came into um, that mindset, that shift. So with homeopathy, the looking at the disease is completely different because you don't look at the disease. I don't care if, you're, if your animal has gastritis, arthritis, you know, laminitis, respiratory mm -hmm problem. It doesn't matter. All I care about is the symptoms that you see that you can tell me about your animal, all of the symptoms, not just the fact that, for instance, your cat just threw up. I want to know what else is going on with that cat, right? So what other quote unquote problems or symptoms does this cat have? Um, tell me about the concomitants and the modalities, like when is the cat better? When is the cat worse? Have you noticed um, if there's a change when the weather changes outside? Um, obviously, um, from conventional veterinary medicine, we're now taught to look at the um, foods that we feed. You know, is it worse when he gets into something? Well, we always say into something, meaning mm -hmm. garbage or people food or um, something that's not supposed to that he's not supposed to get into. But homeopathically, the more you can tell me about um, the patient, then I have a completely different picture. And so as you study um, homeopathy more and more, you don't panic as much. It's like, oh, the cat threw up. That's pretty cool. You know, what did he throw up? When did it happen? Um, and so you just became, you, you become less um, panic stricken about something possibly going wrong with the cat or the horse, or, um, oh my gosh, my animal is suffering. You know, it's okay. 
it's all right that the animal is vomiting or has diarrhea or has a snotty nose because those are all symptoms um, of the body where the body is in dis-ease mm-hmm. and the, instead of disease, right? Dis-ease. And the body is just trying to cure itself. It's, it, it's not balanced. And so the symptoms are just an outward manifestation of the body not being balanced and the immune system working really hard to try to get back into balance. It's sure. a completely different um, way of thinking about disease. Yeah, like- it's not as, yeah, it's not as, as, um, as dark as, oh my gosh, you know, something is wrong and they're suffering or they're um, not feeling well. I have to put a Band-Aid on it. Right. Right, right. I have to give it a drug so the symptoms will go away. Like, for example, people I find tend to get freaked out about diarrhea, right? And I'm like, diarrhea is just the body's way of detoxing and getting rid of stuff. And it's not always a bad thing. And we just want to give them something to stop the diarrhea, but we're still not dealing with the underlying cause, right? Exactly. Exactly. Diarrhea, vomiting, you know, and people sweating, um, crying, you know, all of those are good things. It's a way of the, of, for the body to get rid of toxins, like you said. How else are they going to get out of the system? Right. Right. They have to be excreted somehow. Yeah. Instead so, of looking at like, did we feed them something? Maybe that they shouldn't be eating like some poor quality food and now they're, it's built up in their system and their system's not tolerating it anymore. And instead of, you know, switching to a high quality food, we're like, let's give them a pill to stop the diarrhea. Yep. yep. Yeah. So what, I, what I've heard you say is this has really kind of evolved for you over your career, but was there one specific like animal that you dealt with that you really saw some major shifts and that's what really changed your perspective around all of this? Yeah, so actually it was my own horse. Um, so I had taken or I was taking a class in homeopathy with Dr. Dupree. And I can't, for the life of me, tell you why I took that class. I don't um, remember. I think maybe a client told me about it. And I thought, homeopathy, oh, that's kind of cool. I know about homeopathy because I grew up in Germany and homeopathy there, um, you know, is, is better known than it was in the States at that time. And so I took the class. And interestingly enough, it was in the early summer and my horse had developed this itch. She was really, really, really itchy and she had welts on her. And I'm pretty sure I was giving her antihistamines. Um, And so during the class, I was learning about homeopathy. And so I just went up to Dr. Tupri and I told him about uh, my horse, and he said, "Well, I think you know enough to just work up the work up this case, and I'll help you with it." And so, of course, it took me forever to work up the case. Um, and he um, already gave me a remedy; he didn't tell me what it was. He just wrote remedy number one on the vial, and I gave it to my horse, and she was completely fine. And I had been the next day. And I've been dealing with this for a couple of weeks. Oh my. And so 
I was like, wait, what just happened, right? So that was the turning point of, oh, I need to learn more about that. I want to know, know more. And of course, at first I just thought, oh, this is just for skin problems, mm-hmm. <laughs> not realizing that it was for everything, right? And so, yeah, that was the turning point. Um, my horse, who is no longer with me, but yeah, she was, she was the one. I love it when our horses are our teachers. They always are, right? And the, and the, the joys of it being your own animal, then you get to do this stuff and you don't have to convince anybody else that it works, right? right? They're like our own little testimonies for us. Um, so we know that homeopathics have no harmful side effects, but for people who aren't as familiar with them, can you share a few other reasons why one would choose to use a homeopathic with their horse or animal? Yeah, absolutely. So um, they don't have side effects, but they're very powerful. So when you when you have the right homeopathic remedy, um, you will get that cure. And so I feel like with pharmaceuticals, you play whack the mole, right? <laughs> so one disease will pop up and you whack the mole down with a pharmaceutical and then um, another mole will pop up and you whack that down. Um, I actually saw that in uh, my veterinary clinic because I did a surgery was my forte. I, I just love doing surgery. And so I would see a lot of dogs come in with lumps and I would remove the lump. And then wouldn't you know it, a year or two later, there would be another lump, or maybe not even that long, even just you know a few months down the road, there'd be another lump and another body part so it's playing whack the mole mm-hmm. um, you don't get that with homeopathy you actually get a cure when you find the right remedy um, and that disease won't come back um, something that we just talked about with your cat you don't have to shove a pill down a cat's throat um, so they are oral they can be liquid um, for ease of administering um, and they're not injectables. So for horses, cats, you know, all of those animals, any dog, bird, pigs, how difficult would it be to, to give a pig a, a, a pill, right? Or right, even just right. feeling and everything. All you do is you just put the homeopathic medicine in some water and let them drink it. Um, and so it's the ease of administration um also for chickens turkeys right they have turkey farms we just had thanksgiving so turkey farms chicken farms you can just put it in their water um a little bit goes a long ways so they're they're inexpensive um and then i think the other thing about homeopathy what we just talked about is it just opens up your mind and your awareness because you look for more symptoms. Uh, in the acute phase, homeopathic remedies work well for just you know, one or two symptoms. But in the chronic phase, when something has been going on for a while, you really have to study your animal or study the patient. Um, that's what you and I did with your mare, right? Mm-hmm. We didn't just look at um, her crankiness we looked at everything and we really talked about her personality. 
Um, and so I think the awareness that comes with using homeopathy, the awareness of the owner or the patient um, as you dive into homeopathy, I, I think that's really invaluable because we're so used to and we're so trained to just look at a disease, name that disease, and then find uh, a medication for it and start that whack-the-mole routine. Yes, and I think it's also people tend to just want to treat physical symptoms and we really with like my mayor we had to really dive deep into the mental and emotional aspect which i feel a lot of people don't quite understand that you can address that with homeopathics as well correct right so um my studies in homeopathy are continuing because um, I just don't know enough yet and there's always more to study right mm-hmm. and so I I'm now um, in my, well, I'm just about to finish my first semester with the International Academy of Classical Homeopathy and Professor George Vitalkas. And this is a, a purely um, homeopathic tool for, for treating um, humans, for t- treating people, but you just extrapolate for that, from that and um, treat animals. But one of the things that we're learning is that an emotional or mental stress precedes a physical stress, especially you know, in chronic cases. So for instance, if you have um, some sort of anxiety or, or let's take um, horses, right? Rescue horses. Um, or any horse that wasn't born on the farm where they're at right now, um, even even weaning, you know, can be really stressful. But a, a bigger stress is when they've taken when they when they've been taken from one herd and moved and put into a completely different environment um, and a different herd and maybe a different even setup, and now they're stalled. Um, that is an emotional stress, that's huge emotional stress on, on a horse, which will eventually um, express itself in a physical form. Mm-hmm. So probably, you know, sweet itch or laminitis or, um, you know, some sort of skin problem, some sort of joint problem, eye problem, you know, anything like that. Um, so yeah, we forget about the mental and emotional aspects of a disease process, and it's usually that a mental, that emotional and mental stress that starts the whole cycle of the disease. Yeah, it's a cycle. It doesn't just happen overnight, right? Nope, nope. But we we just don't see the the signs, right? The first signs and. It's difficult enough in people, but just think about animals. They don't tell us that, hey, I just didn't sleep that well last night, or, oh, I had a nightmare, you know, or, oh, my gosh, I have a stomach upset. Um, We don't see it until it's a glaring physical problem. Right. I want to back up a little bit. You talked about um, you just finished your first semester, and you're really dealing with a a lot of people stuff, but it can translate to the animals. And I've, I've always heard about constitutional types 
for people. And I wonder if you could explain a little bit about that. And do horses and animals have a constitutional like people? I'm curious. Absolutely. So the constitutional type, um, gosh, how do I, how do I explain that? So if you, if you know about astrology, right? Astrological signs, Mm -hmm. Leo, Cancer, Aquarius, um, and you know that that each astro- astrological sign has um, their characteristics. It's kind of like what a homeopathic constitution is for a person. Right. So it's the essence, the constitutional remedy, the constitution of a person is the essence of that person. Um, so you could you could be an arsenicum album um, constitutional type, which means that you're fastidious and you dress meticulously and you have certain fears like fear of death and fear of cancer, fear of poverty, and um, you like to drink small sips instead of you know the phosphorus who likes to guzzle down their water they just like to drink a lot um or the the sulfur who's the complete opposite they're untidy and they're that disheveled professor so that the constitution is basically the essence the characteristic the personality of the person and um we define them by the remedy that resonates with them. Okay. So just like in astrology, I'm a Virgo, I'm an earth sign. I really don't like water. I have cancer friends and they're known for being really sensitive and, and a lot of them are. So yeah, it just makes sense. So that's homeopathy's version, version of it. Right. So okay. just explain, oh, you could take, you know, the Myers-Briggs test or any of the personality tests, right, to get, to get right. an idea of who you are. And uh, it's the same with homeopathy. So there's a con- constitutional type. It's your essence. And once you figure that out, you definitely want to have that remedy with you because that remedy can help you in a lot of situations. Um, so it's my go-to when I have a problem, although in acute cases, it doesn't always work. So for instance, I'm a Nat Muir. And um, if I feel, you know, achy or a cold coming up or a fever blister is just starting to tingle a little bit, right? I'll take the Nat Muir remedy and it usually, the, the symptoms will go away. But if I eat, I'm highly, highly, highly allergic to duck eggs, I will start to vomit, diarrhea. I mean, it's like I look like a drug addict that's that's trying to get off. Oh drugs. my goodness! <laughs> yeah, so I have the sweats. I shake. I'm cold. I'm I'm you know sweaty. It's, I'm miserable until everything is out of my system, and that's usually like four or five hours. Um, so if that happens, and I take a Cinecum album then I don't, I don't have to go through all of that. It just, it just magically makes all of those symptoms that I know are going to happen disappear. And so that's, so, that's, so does that mean you can eat duck, duck eggs now and, 
and not go through that. <laughs> so you know what? It's interesting. I have I don't consciously eat duck eggs. I, I try to avoid them as much as possible. But I did get into something um, the day after. No, it wasn't. It was um, the week before Thanksgiving. And I don't know if there were duck eggs in it or not. But I went through that. Oh, my gosh. Here it comes. You know, I'm starting to get the sweats. I'm freezing cold. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Here's the onset of the duck egg. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I took Arsenicum album and it went away. I mean, yeah, I, I had to go to the bathroom, but I didn't go into the whole vomiting, sure. diarrhea, vomiting, diarrhea, vomiting, diarrhea, retching, heaving, you know, cycle for five hours. I was done and over with after 45 minutes. So I'm very so, happy about that. So that's cool that you, you know that. But I'm not brave enough to try right. to go out. <laughs> Let me just make myself a duck egg and <laughs> see how it goes. Right. It's not that that brave because it's a very difficult process for me to go through. So how would you go about finding a constitution for an animal? Would, I mean, you, right. I so think they have that's constitutions where, also. and wasn't that where the professional comes in and that's where you have to do like the whole process right. and write up and really figure yeah. it out. So that's where you get the 101 questions from the homeopath, right? Trying to figure that out. Um, and my horse, it, it took me a while to figure out uh, my horse and my dog. Um, but yeah, it just takes a while for you to figure that out. Just kind of like, hmm, I wonder if my, my dog or my horse has an astrological sign, right? Mm -hmm. that, they, that they resonate with. Um, yes, yeah, so once you find it, once you find your animal's constitutional remedy, then again, have that on hand because it's going to come in handy. It's going to get rid of a, a lot of um, distress that they would have to go through otherwise without it. Especially for acute situations. It's something like to have kind of like in your first aid kit in a sense, isn't it? So actually it works better for chronics. Okay. Than it does for acute. It's just like um, you know, with me and the duck egg poisoning, I would reach for a Sinicum album because those are the signs that I experience when I eat duck eggs. But as far as my uh, constitutional remedy, it is not our Sinicum album. It's Natmure. So for the, for the chronic um, lingering, um, you know, not in your face kind of diseases that come on slowly, um, I would use Natmure. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Just wanted to clarify so you know, like that. A blister, um, it doesn't come on suddenly. It's not like, oh, I'm going to throw up, right? It comes on slowly. You can feel the tingle. And then if you don't put anything on it, or even if you put something on it, it's just going to grow slowly. Um, so I would use Natmure, the constitutional remedy for that. Gotcha. So that leads me to my next question about... Um, like some of the do's and don'ts around using homeopathic remedies. So for example, I was always taught that you should not use it in conjunction with like essential oils or anything with really strong smells. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Right. So um, if you're a person, um, a homeopath will probably tell you not to um, drink coffee, not to take it with caffeine. Um, 
to not take it around any essential oils, not to pop a peppermint into your mouth, not to store them around essential oils that have any sort of camphor smell to, to them because they will just um, either antidote the effects or not be effective at all. Um, so yes, I've heard that and I'm under the impression that if a remedy is the similimum, the correct remedy for a disease, a disease process, it will work no matter what. And so in, for example, in the summers, usually in May, I have, um, hey, I have allergies, I have hay fever. I get the runny eyes, the runny nose, the sneezing, the itchy eyes, the stuffy nose, and it usually just lasts through May. And in the past, I've taken essential oils, the, the three, the, the lemon, the lavender, and the peppermint, and I would put a few drops in some water, and I would drink the water, and it would help my allergies. They would just be gone for about an hour or two. And this summer, because I know homeopathy so much better, I decided that, hey, you know, you, you um, treat animals homeopathically, you've used homeopathic medicines uh, for different reasons, why don't you just use them for your allergies? One of the, um, the, uh, the, the, the cons of homeopathy is you have to really know the symptoms, right? So it, I actually, when I say, oh, I have hay fever, I have allergies, you just think runny nose, itchy eyes, mm -hmm. sneezing. Well, with homeopathy, you really have to look at the symptoms. You have to really, which nostril is stuffed up? Is it the left side? Is it the right side? Mm. Does the nose get stuffed up before the eyes get watery? Are the eyes itchy and dry or are they itchy and watery? Are they watery after you sneeze, before you sneeze? Do you sneeze? Do you cough? So it's, it's a lot. You really have to sit there with your body and just kind of assess and take the time to assess. And we're always in such a hurry. It's just easier to take an antihistamine, right? Right. So um, I had just taken the, um, the essential oils with peppermint, lemon, and lavender, and I was going to the barn and I knew that that wasn't going to be enough to get me to the barn and to be outside with my horse and not be miserable for my allergies. So I figured out the homeopathic remedy and I said, you know, oh, well, I know I just took peppermint, but I'm going to try it anyway. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I drove to the barn and I didn't have any allergies. I, I took the remedy left the house and I took the remedy about five minutes after I took um, the essential oils and I didn't have allergies the rest of May and June. It was, it was gone, poof, disappeared. And you only had to do it the one time? One time. And I think that's uh, something I, I, again, I wanna talk about because I don't think everybody understands like how you know when the homeopathic is working and when to stop it because it's not like oh take it every day for two weeks like an antibiotic or something right so you take it once and you wait and see and if the symptoms disappear that's it 
if um, the symptoms linger, you can take it for a little bit longer. Um, it depends on if it's an emotional or a physical problem, um, or if it's an emotional that um, resulted in a physical problem. So you'd have to, there's no, the pathology, the potency and the dosage of homeopathy is tricky. And it's best to consult with a homeopath about that. But in an acute case, um, you know, in a first aid um, type uh, situation, you just give it, wait 15 minutes, half an hour. If you see any changes, don't repeat it. If you haven't seen any changes, repeat it again and see what happens. So, you know, in an emergency situation, you're going to call your vet. Um, so while you're waiting for the vet, give the remedy that you think is appropriate. And you can give it every 15 minutes. And, but if you notice that there's some positive changes, stop the treatment, stop giving it, because the body is still going to keep healing itself, right? Right. The immune system is going to kick in and say, hey, I've got this. Thanks for that little nudge, but I can take it from here. So my last question, and I don't know if this is a fair question, because I wanted to say, what are your top three? I can't live without homeopathics. But it, from what I've just learned today is like, it's not just a one size fits all. It's, it's not like we can just have, oh, we're going to have these, these three homeopathics in our toolbox or our first aid kit and just use those. Like there's, it's a science. It's been around for over 200 years and it requires some, some knowledge and some depth to, to really understand it. Right. I th but at the same time, I wouldn't be afraid to use them, especially in an acute situation in a first aid, um, you know, oh my gosh, something's wrong with my horse. I need to um, call the vet. But while I wait for the vet, I'm going to give something. So I do have three that I would definitely have on hand besides the constitution. You could figure out the constitutional remedy for yourself and for your animals. Um, that that would just be top notch, you know. Just have those with you. Um, but in an acute case, I would have aconite in my first aid kit, and that's a remedy that you use for um, acute fears and 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 frights. Um, so. Um, anytime there's any trauma, right, especially with horses, they're going to be afraid if something really bad happened, right? So um, even just even uh, something that is controlled like weaning, that's going to be um, very traumatic for mom and baby. And so just give some aconite. Um, let the se severe laminitis, you know, where they're like, they're fine one day and then the next day you go to the barn, they're out in the um, pasture and it was cold yesterday, you know, in the spring and all of a sudden it got warm and um, your, your horse has foundered and can't walk. Give it aconite because a horse that can't walk is going to be frightened, mm. right? Um, People don't think of that. Again, looking at disease differently. I, I wouldn't have thought of that. I've, I've dealt with laminitis, you know, having horses my whole life. 
I would never think that they were frightened that they couldn't walk over. Uh, and it makes yeah. sense when you look at it right. differently. Yeah, a horse needs to run away. So if you take that away, um, it's just very frightening for them. So that's aconite. Um, so any trauma, anything that happened, you know, any injuries, just give aconite. Then the second one that most people have on hand anyway that most people know about is arnica, right? Mm -hmm. um, for bruising, for pain. Arnica is very good for pain. Um, so again, you know, laminitis. Should I give aconite or should I give arnica? I don't care. Give one or the other. Just give something. Give something, but don't give both. Is that correct? You don't. I wouldn't give, give both. both. Okay. Because then you don't know you know, what worked if they do work and if they didn't work, is it because of the combination? So mm -hmm. just give one, um, you know, we dose every half hour for a couple of times and then wait and see. And if it doesn't work do the other one. Okay. Okay. And then, um, Oh, after surgery, I would definitely give Arnica, not before surgery. A lot of people give it before surgery. Now I don't know where that came from, but I would not give it before because it doesn't treat anything before surgery it just it's used for pain mm -hmm. um, and bruising so give it after surgery um, or if um, you know uh, your horse got cut and the vet came out to put stitches in after that procedure go ahead and give arnica and then of course when we think of horses we think of colic Mm -hmm. So I would have colosynthesis on hand, either that or noxvomica. I think colosynthesis is for more painful colic where they just want to lie down. You know, and you have a hard time walking them because they just want to go down because they're so painful. Whereas noxvomica, it's more of a, a gassy, bloaty, um, I don't feel good. But if you, you know, they'll, they'll keep walking with you. So the aconite, the arnica, and the colosynthesis are the three top ones that I would have in the barn. And then my, okay, but would you have 30C or 200C of those on hand? I would just have 30C on hand. Okay. Because you can redose them. Um, with 200C, you don't redose as often. Okay. Um, so yeah. And I think it's gentler. Okay. The 30C is gentler and horses are much more sensitive than people. So yeah, 30C. Yeah, that's the other thing people don't always understand is just because it's a thousand pound animal doesn't mean it needs more. Oh, right, right. And you don't need to give it, you know, 10 pills. One pill is just fine. Two is fine too. I just, you know, I like to just put it in some water um, and give it with a little syringe or an eyedropper. Mm -hmm. It's just a couple of drops. You yeah. don't need a whole bunch. So simple. I, um, simple. I'm really excited to continue working with you to get my Miss Maggie May all well and balanced. We've, I know we've made leaps and bounds, but I, like I said, there was a missing link, and I'm feeling really mm -hmm. confident that the homeopathics are going to help fill that missing link. And I pulled out my handy-dandy books, I love all my little books and I was, we had come up with Lycopodium and I was reading about it. And I, one of the things in it was under the mental and emotional aspects because it was um, sexual fears. And remember, I've been trying to breed her. 
So it'll be really interesting to see how this, this helps with breeding season next year and not too soon to start, right? Don't wait till you have problems in breeding right. season or whatever. It's like start getting your animals healthy, happy, and balanced before you have a major issue. That's what I always Absolutely. tell people. So, all right. I know we could keep talking about this and I had like more questions I wanted to ask Dr. Young and she's like, yeah, we'll be on here forever. We might have to do two. <laughs> and so, so the geek in me reluctantly was like, okay, I'll stop talking after <laughs> this question and we'll just have to come back again and, and get more in depth in this. I think there's a lot people don't understand around it and that's why they're a little resistant or hesitant to use it. But I, I feel that it's so important to have a professional help you. And so if there's somebody out there that's looking to um, have a consult with you, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, so I think the easiest um, would be through Facebook. You know, just find me on Facebook, um, befriend me, and then or just send me a, a message, a Facebook message, and we'll take it from there. Okay. All right. Well, until next time, I thank you very much and thank everyone for joining us. And thank, thank you. you. Enjoy your horse.